When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. No way, no way he's dick eating with the hat on. He's dick eating with the hat on. It's a way. No, what? No, I'm in tears, bro. This guy has me dead, bro. Oh, my God. Yo, Jay, bro. I just, you know what I love about the news coming down with uh, Pat Bev is all the Lakers fan, like, backtracking the shit talk <laughs> they have given on Pat Bev. It's, like, it, oh, it's, it's amazing. It's like the first thing they, because the first thing we think about as Raptors fans is like, you gave up, T, you wouldn't give up THT and anybody else for Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry, I get it. $30 million on the books, but like it's Kyle Lowry. And now you're like, eh, we'll give you THT. And who else did they give somebody else? Stan. Stanley. Oh, Stanley Johnson yeah. for Pat Bev. And now Lakers fans are like, let's go, let's get it. Like what? <laughs> Yet another non-shooter, by the way, where Lowry, Lowry can ball. 
Lowry's pretty Lowry high up there in ball. trees. So for another non-shooter, yeah. well done. And also, wow. like, look at their depth, right? Their depth, <laughs> the Lakers' depth at the wing was LeBron, THT, Stanley Johnson, end of list. So, like, now it's LeBron and uh, Troy Brown Jr.? I, I don't know. It's, it's ridiculous. There. Yeah. Ridiculous. Uh, okay, well... Welcome to That's a Rep Podcast, a podcast by Raptors fans for Raptors fans. Uh, finally, we got all three of us together. Thank God. Mm-hmm. Uh, I missed you both. Just I like a regular basketball team. <laughs> right? Exactly. We'll that's play some that's three not three. atypical in the NBA. We have a full roster. We, we have a full roster like... today. Dre is on. Jay is on. Myself, Jay, number two, is on. And I thought, boys, that while we wait for, patiently wait for this season to start, uh, I thought it would be kind of ridicu- ridiculous to do like a full on NBA season preview. Uh, so instead, I was like, you know what? Let's let's do division by division. There are six divisions in the NBA. And what better way to start off the season preview was starting with the Atlantic division. And I every time I think about the Atlantic division, I think about like the banners we used to have of like the like Atlantic division champions that no one cared about ever it was like inaugural 1995 96 season for the raptors and then like a bunch of atlantic division champions like it was it was so so desperate so disappointing but now we have a championship flag uh but yeah let's start with the Atlantic division uh we're i think periodically when we do more uh episodes until the season begins we'll obviously go through all the divisions but for today Atlantic division uh jay you did a fantastic breakdown of each team uh give us or you gave us you know who's in who's out the start possible starters possible bench and everything like that so why don't we start with the boston celtics last season defending east champs yes sir last season they finished Second in the East, record of 51-31. Started off the year pretty low last year and then turned things around amidst all the split-up talk of Jalen uh, Brown and Jason Tatum. They lost in the, to the Golden State Warriors in the finals. And, and now they, they're facing their biggest challenge yet, the locker room after the KT rumors. Ooh, <laughs> good point. Uh, Jays, tell us who they who was in, who was out, possible starters, bench, you know, uh, I know that they drafted the second round, but it doesn't really matter in, at this point. So let us have it, man. What's going on with Boston? Yeah, in terms of like key additions and subtractions, uh, the biggest one is probably Malcolm Brogdon. I mean, that's something that was, you know, as you mentioned, they they kind of fell short in the finals to the Warriors. And one of the things that was kind of glaring was where is the playmaking going to be coming off the bench, right? And Malcolm trading for Malcolm Brogdon was is, is a perfect uh, addition yeah. to this team not only because he fits what they're looking for but because and i said this on this pod previously but like the way in which they acquired him was very much the way that you and i and everyone else on nba twitter deals with trades when we try to trade for someone who's good we're usually trying to give away our most unusable players and that's what right. the celtics did they gave up aaron neesmith Daniel Tice, like Nick Stauskas. It was just whoever's at the end of the bench, let's offer that and see if we can get someone of value. And it actually worked because mm-hmm. the Pacers are are tanking. So um wait, did I reference that right? He was from the Pacers, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, I totally drew a blank there. Um, it's been a yeah, long so, off season. Yeah, it has been. Uh so in terms of additions, yes, Brogdon's the big one there. Uh they also signed Danilo Gallinari. Um, I already mentioned that that 
Tice and Neesmith were out based on that Brogdon deal. And then also, they've just chosen not to resign Dennis Schroeder, who is still a free agent. So yeah, possibly Boston in terms Laker. of ins and outs. Yeah, yeah. No, I would. I don't know actually. Did you say Lakers? Yeah, I, I've I've heard some rumors. I've seen some rumors about that. Can I just say first when the when it comes to Boston Celtics, not saying that like, I'm I'm a huge fan of Brad Stevens, but I didn't think that he would be such a good GM. Uh, like the transition from head coach to GM, uh, the moves that he's been making, especially getting Malcolm Brogdon. I think this is that was an amazing pickup for them. And I'm if I'm Boston, I'm I'm very happy knowing that they came from the freaking you know finals appearance since 2010. Uh, I'm really I would be very very stoked for this team if I was a Boston fan. And and I was one of those that that hated the the moves last year, right? Like I was one who said, "You seriously, your biggest addition is Al Horford? No, you're gonna do crap." So, you know, I I obviously had my foot in my mouth and I. He's obviously very good at his job. Um, my question to you guys about this team, I think we, we can go a little bit deeper into this. I, and I promise this will not be a KD-centered podcast, but I'll start with you, Dre, in terms of the makeup of this team. Um, I guess two-part question. Like, First part is, does Brogdon kind of put them over the top and make them a better team along with Gallinari? Um, and, and the second part of that is, would you have traded away a Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart to get KD on this team. I'll answer the second question first. No, to go to the <laughs> to the first question. Sure and sweet. Yeah, I mean, listen, the Boston team were a few hiccups away from winning a championship last year. Very Seriously. close. Yeah. Seriously, yeah. I still think they were the better team in terms of collective depth and talent having said that they just didn't outplay a veteran golden state warriors that's the upper hand that they had and curry kind of had to go like god mode a couple of times too yeah he did he yeah. really did he, he had like one off game but luckily his team backed him up during that and andrew wiggins had to have been slept on his entire lifetime in order yeah. to for for coaches to not know what to do with him like you know when they're facing against him i mean so um you know, anyway, to go back to Boston, I feel like, listen, I feel like Brogdon is going to help. Um, I don't think they needed much help to begin with. I hope this isn't a situation where I said this, like I said this about the uh, the Phoenix Suns last year, and they ended up, <laughs> well, let's not go there. Uh, I don't <laughs> think that's going to happen with this team, though. And uh, I feel like the smaller changes, the better. Yep. I feel mm-hmm. like if you look. The, the big thing that, that that they need help with is Tatum in the playoffs. And they already have a pretty b- good answer for that. And that's Jalen mm-hmm. Brown in the playoffs. Having said that, you can't just rely on him alone, and hopefully this amendment will help. But having said that, just keep flowing, keep gelling. Um, you know, you've got a brand-new coach who made it all the way to the finals first year um, with this team. Just has to try again. I feel like it's going to be okay. I feel like if they got KD, it would have been much worse. And I'm not saying that as a you know, as, as a knock on Kevin Durant, who's one of the greatest players of all time, obviously one of the top five offensive threats of all time. Um, it, it's just in terms of this chemistry that they have, and they're young. This is going to be fine. This team is going to be fine. If they toss in Kevin Durant and they kind of blew it apart, I don't know so much. 
Yeah, and, and there there are similarities there, and it's been said before that there are similarities between Boston's roster construction and Toronto's, right? Like Toronto really built this team from scratch. A lot mm-hmm. of the players were not acquired via trade. They're kind of grown internally. And that's what Boston's been doing as well, right? I mean, Smart, Brown, Tatum, like even to a, a lesser extent, Horford, but like the Williams guys, like both of them, like this, this is a team that they've built from ground up and they're a, a championship contender. It is a, it's kind of the the route that the Raptors are following right now, right? Where, yeah, there was a temptation to try to swing for the fences and trade for, for KD, but at the end of the day, Masai held to his guns and said, listen, look at Boston here. They stayed the course. They were patient. You know, they they touched the conference finals a couple of times at, with this core. So let's kind of stick with this core and see what they've got. And that's kind of what the Raptors yeah. are doing as well. So, yeah, I, I I have no qualms over how Boston, I think that they are, uh, in terms of what they did this offseason, I think that they are a perennial finals contender. Uh, so sucks as a Raptors fan. But, yeah, I, I, I find no fault in how they've, worked this offseason i just want to quickly jump in uh we are talking a lot about kevin durant but that won't be happening again it just so happens that he's a part of brooklyn and this same episode (laughs) is discussing toronto and boston believe me we're (laughs) not going to only be talking about katie but i think for this episode it's quite important it's quite yeah no it's true a couple of notes before we move on uh i think that the reason why i think brog is such a good getup is because one like you said it jay they didn't really give up anything and they needed a point guard and outside of schroeder which wasn't doing much for them uh they had marcus smart and i'm not saying marcus smart is not a good point guard i think he's fantastic but he knows his role as a defender whereas brogdon he is a known very smart individual when it comes to being a point guard a tall six five point guard uh that can facilitate and kind of uh, make plays get guys open and if you have someone like jalen brown and jason tatum at your disposal that's such a good pickup for brock or for for boston uh and yeah you know when it comes to like if you if you put you know the two together you have like messiah and you have uh, Brad Stevens, they kind of preach patience, and I think that's what Boston is doing. I think that's what Toronto's doing, but we won't go too much in Toronto just yet because the next one, next team I want to talk about in the Atlantic Division, I'm sorry, guys, we're going to have to talk about KD again, <laughs> is the Brooklyn Nets. Last Rather season, they finished. Another New York team. <laughs> well, we'll get, in we'll there, get to them. We'll get to them. We'll get in there. <laughs> Last season, they finished seventh in the East, 44 38 record. They had to play in the play in tournament, then to be swept by the Boston Celtics in the first round. Uh, their notable draft pick was uh, Cameron Thomas from LSU, first round. 27th pick the story finally came out that kd has finally committed to brooklyn or was it just the fact that no one was going to give them give brooklyn what they wanted let you know that the story is not going to come out the way that we think it's going to be i think the price was way too high uh the you know obviously uh the raptors were in the mix uh the boston celtics were in the mix but like it, it was it was ridiculous the 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 calling for KD was kind of ridiculous, and KD is oh, yeah. fantastic. He's he's arguably top five in the NBA right now, top five ever. Uh, but let's not forget that he's uh, almost on the wrong side of thirty, and he hasn't really played a full season in a very long time. Uh, and don't forget that they just got swept by the Boston Celtics again. I'm not trying to discredit KD, but now that he's in Brooklyn. 
And, you know, though, we don't know how many games freaking Kyrie Irving is going to play. Like, this whole Brooklyn scenario, if I'm a, a Brooklyn uh, Nets fan, I just don't really care anymore. I, I just want, I would want a season without any drama. And it's the off season, and all they talked about was Brooklyn. So, Jay, let's go. What's what? Who's in? Who's out? Uh, who's starting? Who's bench? Give me, uh, let her have it. Yeah, so uh, in the midst of all the KD news, they were pretty proactive in terms of making sure that their their butts were covered in case he were to be gone. So, uh, pick, taking a flyer on TJ Ward, who missed all of last year. Um, last we saw him, he was tearing it up in the bubble. So they got him to a minimum deal, I believe. They also traded their first-round draft pick for Royce O'Neal. So at the time, everyone was questioning that, like, okay, Katie just requested a trade. Um, so you're probably looking at some scenario where KD's gone, Kyrie Irving is gone. Maybe you got to think about rebuilding and retooling. Why would you trade away your first round pick for someone like Royce O'Neal? So that that kind of thing kind of fuels a fire that were they ever going to trade Kevin Durant, considering mm. they were very willing to part with a first round pick. Anyways, that's one conspiracy theorist. Um, so those are the two big additions and very good ones because on the on the outs was Bruce Brown. Uh, Bruce Brown was a very solid player for them. Uh, played some, you know, he was, he played kind of like that starter slash six-man role sometimes. Excellent defender, excellent rebounder. And the addition of Royce O'Neal kind of helps mitigate that loss. Um, so, yeah, I, I thought that they, while it sucks that Bruce Brown is gone, they, they've done a good job in terms of shoring up their, their wing depth with TJ Warren and Royce O'Neal. Also on the outs, uh, Dre, you can insert your joke here, but Goran Dragic is no longer with the Nets. I, there's for... no bigger joke than he. I've got nothing. <laughs> still, still looking for higher ambitions. Still looking. Still looking. Uh, apparently, that's in Chicago. Uh, but in, yeah. in, or China. In, I only, and I only did this for for Brooklyn, but it is noteworthy that they do have a fair number of unsigned players. Not, not really any team can sign these guys, but considering they recently played for the Nets, and now that Brooklyn has uh, somewhat of a commitment from KD and Kyrie, uh, it's fair to assume that uh, uh, one or two or maybe all three of these guys are going to re-sign, and that would be LaMarcus Aldridge, Blake Griffin, and Paul Millsap. All three of them are currently unrestricted free agents. Uh, I this is These were names I was going to throw out there for whenever Katie found his new or as it were present landing spot, which was these are the guys that were are just waiting. They're waiting to see where Katie lands and then they'll probably like accept some sort of a veteran minimum to join. So um, I'd keep an eye on, on those guys signing or, or someone like a DeMarcus cousin signing with uh, Katie's or sorry, signing with the Nets. So keep an eye on that. As for now, mm -hmm. starters, Irving, Curry, Simmons, Durant, Claxton and the bench shored up by Patty Mills, the returning Joe Harris, TJ Warren and Royce O'Neal. That's a, that's a spicy meatball. I think that they, yeah. this is a team that can obviously make their way to, to some sort of a championship level type of play. I think the biggest question on everyone's mind is, will they ever be healthy enough to do so? Um, Dre, I think I'll start with you thoughts on, on this team. Have they, do you have any faith in them as a finals contender? No. Um, I'll get into why. This one's a bit of a longer Short answer. and sweet. I love it. I love it. Um, I feel like 
I feel like this is a team that needed a change of at least of some sort, whether it was breaking up the their two strongest players or getting rid of the head honchos. Having said that, there might be, and I know a lot of people love to crap on this guy, but I feel like should he actually play this season, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. I feel like Ben Simmons can actually be quite a reasonable role on this team. So that could actually help a lot. Now, why I said no still, even with that in mind, I feel like this is one of those situations where we're trying to make everybody happy, but the point is nobody is happy, and that's not going to translate into wins if you just try to force smiles on people's faces. Is Kyrie still going to have his concerns? Is KD still going to be injury-prone or have to carry in an entire team at times? Is, um, is Steve Nash going to coach with a little bit of defense? Are we using these things? And, you know, when they first got LaMarcus Aldridge and Blake Griffin, they were already too old and they continue to get older. This, to me, just seems like we're trying to make fetch happen when it's not going to happen. And <laughs> I feel like it, look, it, it's one of those things where it looks good on paper, but sometimes you honestly just have to let go of these dreams. Honestly, there should have been at least one major shift with this team. In the same way that the Jazz, I feel like the Jazz had more promise last year if they go into this year, and they're going to lose both of their stars. They already lost one. They're but, but, wouldn't, but wouldn't you, and sorry to cut you off here, but like, yeah. wouldn't that major change be Ben Simmons? Like, he hasn't played a single game for them yet. Wouldn't him being anything close to the all-star level player he was in Philly be that that dynamic change that could possibly shift things in the right direction uh, for, for Brooklyn? Possibly, but at the same time, we have to consider all the other problems because of what the problems are. That includes inconsistency when it comes to playing as a full unit, because a lot of people love to crap on this Brooklyn team as well. But let's keep in mind that big three of Harden, KD, and Kyrie barely ever played games all together. They didn't. They barely ever played. So we never actually got what that full picture is. And it's not just that they were sitting out. There were injuries. There were all sorts of all sorts of things going on. And I feel like those were only going to continue. Now, who played less games, fewer games than James Harden in the last two years? Ben Simmons. We don't know what that's going to look like if he's actually going to play fully. Um, if he actually is injury prone or just sitting out for personal reasons or if his heart's actually in it. That's a big problem. Is his heart actually still in it? Because a lot of people feel like, no, no, it isn't. But it could still be good. But I don't know if it's a, a good enough shift, especially if you have somebody like Steve Nash, who, again, can't coach defense when Ben Simmons is pretty damn good at what he does because of his defense. Will that actually work? I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't know if this is enough. Three, three of your your highest paid players. You got Ben Simmons, who, like you said, Jay, Dre, uh, who knows if he has a heart to in it right now. Kyrie Irving, uh, you know, wanted a contract that he that says that he's only going to play about sixty games, and then you got Kevin Durant. Where is he really? Like after this year, let's say they finished, I don't know, sixth. Or, or you know, they're not even like have to play in the playing again. Is he is is it easy going to ask for another trade again uh, at the end of the season? You you know you never know. He has he had four years left in his contract, and he's like, I'm out. Uh, it, uh, no one's gonna know exactly what's gonna, what happened or what is happening behind closed doors, of course, obviously. But all three of those guys, 
those are like the top three players that you just don't trust anymore right like there is no proof of them wanting to play for your team wanting to play at all and i just don't want that headache and i don't think a lot of people did knowing that kevin durant was on a trading block or wanted to trade it at all so obviously you have to put him in some sort of contention uh, because you have players like Kevin Durant and, and Kyrie Irving. But do if if they end up in seventh again, I wouldn't be surprised, man. Actually, I'm one looking- of the surprises, I wouldn't be surprised if KD or Nash or Kyrie are gone before the trade deadline. Seriously. Well, I mean, Oof. of all the names you've listed there, it's it's um, it could very well likely be Kyrie or Steve Nash, right? Steve Nash is on, the, on thin ice in terms of, oh, yeah. you know, the, he, he kind of need to see some performance right away. Uh, Kyrie, in terms of this, is a contractor. He has he's unrestricted after this year, right? So, mm-hmm. if if Brooklyn feels it in any way that this is going sideways, they'll try to recoup some value uh, for Kyrie. But that also requires that he either get vaccinated, which is not going to happen, or be the laws changed that allow him to play. And please correct me, guys, if you've heard anything different. But I believe nothing has changed in New York. Nothing State has law. changed. Nope. Still the same. No. Yeah, so he's going to miss a ton of games. So, And I think that might actually insulate him, right? If they've kept him this long and they've decided to move forward with him, I think that'll afford him some leniency in terms of, okay, well, we'll, we'll work off this small sample size that we have. I don't think he'll be traded. I think, if anything, the biggest name on the hot seat right now would unfortunately be Steve Nash. Yeah, um, yeah which, they which sucks. That which sucks. just suck. He was handpicked, right? <laughs> yeah, and like, this is it. the thing. is like you, Dre mentioned the, the defensive... Uh, you know, incapabilities of this team, they've actually done a good job of shoring that up, right? Royce O'Neal is great defensively. Mm-hmm. And uh, Ben Simmons being added to this is a huge bonus for this team, right? So I, I'm looking forward to uh, October when we do our season, our official previews, predictions, because mm-hmm. I can already tell the three of us are going to be very different because I'm quite high on Brooklyn, um, mm-hmm. probably higher than most. Um, but maybe that that'll change as as the the days and the weeks uh, lie ahead, like and, and things change. But I'm pretty high on this team, and I'm of course making a lot of big assumptions here. So yeah, yeah. This, I mean, this on the on the flip side, more. on the flip side, we're also making big assumptions too, right? Like yeah. when it comes to being on the negative side. So you could be yeah. right. You know, you, you could be right when it comes to Brooklyn. All right, moving on. Uh, we got the in the Atlanta division. We got the Philadelphia 76ers last season. They finished fourth in the East with a 51 and 31 record. They acquired James Harden from the Brooklyn Nets in exchange for Ben Simmons and Seth Curry in the middle of the season. Uh, their notable draft pick was David Robbie from Colorado State, first round 23rd pick. I think the biggest storyline is obviously now that James Harden has committed to the 76ers slash Daramori, asking for less money so they can sign more significant players which they haven't done really uh with a full year of Embiid and Harden does this make them an actual contender all right let's dive into the ins and the outs uh you already mentioned um the the drafting David Roddy they were actually the Sixers packaged him and Danny Green sending Mm -hmm. them both to the Memphis Grizzlies for Mm -hmm. DeAnthony Melton I gotta say guys I like that deal for Philly um as much as I I still think Danny Green can contribute from a three and D perspective, he is getting older, he is getting slower, mm-hmm. and and Melton is is pretty damn awesome on the defensive end. So I think that was a great pickup for them. Um, 
They also picked up Daniel House. So the, we, we saw it last year, even against the Raptors. This is a team in need of shooting. And there were times when they were reliant on Furkan Korkmaz or, or George Niang to like hit some crucial threes for them. So picking up Daniel House, who's a known shooter, is, is a good pickup for them. And finally, and probably most importantly, they picked up P.J. Tucker. And his ability to play power forward, sometimes even masquerading as a center, uh, will be big for this Philly team in terms of lightening the load for Joel Embiid as he, you know, makes his way towards another possible MVP-like season. Lots to like about what Philly has done here. Um, their starters, Maxi, Harden, Tobias, PJ Tucker, and Joel Embiid. Key bench guys, Melton, Thibel, House, and I assume Paul Reed's going to be getting even more action as he continues to grow with this team. Um, Dre, thoughts on Philly? Do you think they got better uh, another year? Like as Jason said, another year of, of Harden and Embiid should be fun. Um, what are your thoughts on Philly's moves? I don't know if they got better, but I also don't know if they got worse. I'm kind of feeling a little lukewarm about them. Like it could just be another year of a decent playoff run. Not much else. I'm not sure, but I'm excited to wait and see. That's basically all I feel about it. Having said that, I'm sure Embiid, who is always just a teensy bit short of MVP the last couple of years, is going to keep trying to solidify that because there's a very, very high chance that Jokic isn't getting it three times in a row. Let's be honest. And because, like, you know, even if, if Giannis isn't getting it three times in a row or you know, like it's tough for even LeBron to do so. It Jokic isn't going to. So he could be, and we know he's a very mental player. If he get in Embiid's head, he's going to shoot goose eggs, just complete nothing. But if he's got the upper hand mentally, that's it. Like you're going to be dominated by the biggest troll in the entire league. Like this guy loves to play to piss people off. Mm-hmm. And I feel like he's got that chip on his shoulder. Furthermore, this is his first year where he is completely sans Ben Simmons. And I feel like that's going to be a bit of it as well, where he might feel more mentally strong and like the uh, the complete one, uh, or at least part of a uh, duo tandem with James Harden. I feel like he's better in a duo as opposed to a trio. Um, and... You know, because I feel like Tobias Harris is it. Oh, you could argue it's a big three. I, I I wouldn't say as much. I feel like Tobias Harris knows what his role is. Um, Collecting same, checks. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> at the same time, um, I feel like uh, he might see Ben Simmons doing a bit better or playing at all in Brooklyn. It might light a fire under his ass. So I feel like Embiid might single handedly just scorch the entire East. Like, I don't know. We'll have to see what happens because Embiid is not unreliable, but you just never know what Embiid you're going to get today. And mm-hmm. outside of that, I mean, they have a chance. That's all that I know. They have a chance. I don't feel quite differently about them either way. I think you're totally correct when it comes to Embiid. Like, he is a very mental player, but it, I think the top three. MVPs almost the last like three years and probably going to be the next the coming year is Giannis Jokic and Embiid Mm -hmm. and 
he's he's always right there always right there so it all depends on you know his mental game at this point and i think you're totally right when it comes to this is finally finally asan simmons and it feels like the with simmons gone there's like no more drama and i don't think that harden doesn't come with no drama i do think that harden is a more mature basketball player than ben simmons and i think that's good Harden shows up yeah yeah and you have harden you have uh now you have a player like pj tucker uh maxi is coming to his own i think that this is going to be a little bit more mature people players around Embiid, which might help him solidify that mvp role the sixers are are scary to me they've always been scary to me uh with them being there so i i have them very very high um mainly because uh, of Embiid, but that just could be like, you know, thinking about like last year of how, how Raptors got eliminated by them. But I, I, besides all of that, I think, yeah, the green's out. It, it, there's a lot of, there's a lot of good in, in Philadelphia. I, if I was a 76ers fan, I'd be pretty happy about this. Oh, I, I want Philly fans to be happy because that when they eventually fall apart because their coach is still in Doc Rivers, then ah, that's <laughs> we fair. can all laugh. That's fair. I, for, I forgot why I felt about the same. That That's why. Thank you for, for reminding me. <laughs> I, I forgot to bring up it's because of Doc Rivers. Yeah. And another, like, uh, two really small side notes here. It's a contract year for Matisse Thibel, and we all know that he's a horrible shooter. I'm kind of looking forward to him trying to force offense and be even worse to try to show that he's got some sort of value. Uh, and also, I mean, he's not going to play in Toronto anyways, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, which is actually a negative if you're a Raptors fan. Yeah, that's true. Um, and I, I think the other thing no one talks about, and I have a feeling might happen, is think about what practices are like in their inter squad scrimmages. I have a feeling at some point Harden and Tucker are going to fight in a practice. Mm. Um, probably. Like, yeah, but I mean, they they're teammates. They were old teammates too. So it's either that they've had bad true. blood in Houston. Yeah, that's or, true. Or, like, I don't feel. I feel like Tucker is going to be there mainly because Harden is there. Like, yeah. Tucker, Tucker is kind of what Katie has been doing. Katie is clearly rain chasing, right? But Tucker is doing it in a way where it's like I can go in there and play my role and not mm-hmm. try to be KD and be KD anywhere and win a ring. Tucker knows right. what he's doing. So the fact that he can play it with Harden again, I think that's a huge pickup for Philly. No, I yeah, you know what you're right. I, I don't know why I completely forgot that they were uh, teammates in, in Houston, but yeah, this is a this is a squad that is going to be dangerous, and yep. um, and I think yeah, again, when I think about what, when we start to do our season predictions or whatever, I think that this is a team that's going to going to be uh, at least high, at least as we look at regular season teams that could do well. Um, the playoffs are I, a different picture. I think yeah. you're just thinking about uh, Russ and Pat Bev still. That's oh, fresh man. in your mind. Can we just fast forward to the Pacific Division? Like, <laughs> yeah, preview? Cause, like I, I have so I many wait. thoughts on all I those teams. I can't wait. All right, let's take a real quick break. And we got two more teams coming up in the Atlantic Division. Talk to you guys soon.
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Uh, welcome back, but we're not actually back. We're actually just going to wrap up the episode right now because there's nothing more to talk about in this division. And uh, yeah, we know how we feel with the Raptors. No other team no, man. in this division. No, we, don't man. To, we, we don't have to talk about Trey no, Young's we children. Have to, we we have, have to, to talk that. about... We got to talk about one more team before we got to the Toronto Raptors, man. But before we do that, oh. back to That's a Wrap podcast, a podcast by Raptors fan, for Raptors fan. Before the season begins, we're going to go through each division. And today we are starting off with the Atlanta division. At the beginning of the episode, we already talked about uh, the Boston Celtics, Brooklyn Nets, and Philadelphia 76ers, all with their storylines and their problems. Uh, but next up, oh, man, Dre, I've been waiting for this, bro. I'm Why? The next team that we're gonna talk about is your beloved Trey. Oh gosh, but they're f-ing awful. There's like no reason. Uh, the New York Knicks. Uh, the I'm not even being salty. Like they're just bad, and they haven't gotten it's better. True. But they might. So this get should better. be fun. This should be fun to talk Maybe. talk bad about. Them. Last season finished 11th in the East and did not make the play-in. Wow, that's high for them. To 45 record a uh, notable draft pick osmond yang at first round 11th pick the storyline i think the biggest storyline is that they gave they went all in on jalen brunson let me just say let me put this straight i like jalen brunson okay i, I, I like really jalen brunson. Like brunson exactly as much as the next person i like him but the knicks gave him four years a hundred and four million dollars. That is fifty-fourth highest salary on average in the NBA. Jalen Brunson? Are you kidding me? Uh Jay, give us the ins and outs, man. <laughs> there are no ins. Don't ins an idiot. <laughs> yeah, so in addition to giving Jalen Brunson a ton of money, they also had to clear some space for him, right? So they offloaded Alec Burks and Nerlens Noel to the Pistons. They waived Taj Gibson. It's more, way more than just that that ludicrous contract, right? They paid him. Here, here's another here's another way to look at the money that they're going to be giving Jalen Brunson. If and let's say when Fred Van Vliet gets his extension, his max extension that he can get right now, it's almost identical to what Brunson just got. <laughs> Are, is Fred Van Vliet the same as Jalen Brunson? I think not. No. So the contract is ridiculous. What they had to give up. I mean, Alec Burks is actually a really good player. I can't believe they offloaded him mm-hmm. to the Pistons. Nerlens Noel is someone the Raptors have been trying to get. So they did all this for Jalen Brunson. Um, so we we can keep ragging on the fact that he's probably not worth it. But he, I will say this. he's He is actually a solid player. The expectations are going to be ludicrous for him, which kind of vibes with what New York does with their players. Uh, the the Knicks also picked up, and this one I actually do like, Isaiah Hartenstein. Now, that's not a big name. He's not a household name, but he was all over the tops of various advanced start, stat charts around 
his ability to defend around the rim, his ability to rebound. He was an ideal person that I wanted the Raptors to get. So um, when we talked about after the Raptors season, how the Raptors just needed that one big guy, he was the one I was hoping the Raptors would get. Unfortunately, the Knicks ended up getting him. So that just means he's going to play like shit. So <laughs> that's kind of where it is with, with, with New York. Their starting lineup is surprisingly filled with left-handed players. So I feel like I should like them mm-hmm. because I'm also a lefty. Brunson. Is that because nothing they do is right? Hey. Oh, no, no. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Bam, 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 bam. Whoa. <laughs> that was pretty good. I was not ready for left-handed yeah. slander. No, I'm so uh, sorry. Jay... It's got nothing to do with that. The pun was right there. <laughs> so, Jay and Jeff Flanders take defense of that, man. Oh, my oh, gosh. the left-handed shop. Oh, yeah, I'm not allowed in that anymore. <laughs> the leftorium, man. Square Garden Basically, the leftorium is in the Mecca, if you guys want to. I will say this as a side story. (laughs) A side story to this. I I went to uh, San Francisco once with my wife, and they had a left-handed shop uh, along along the the boardwalk-ish area there um, the Embarcadero. I can't remember what it was called. It wasn't the leftorium, but it was something with left in it. And I... Did they have left-handed... Did they have (laughs) left-handed nunchucks? They had... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so I was, it was a pretty small boutique. Uh, so I'm walking around looking at their stuff and the salesman comes over to me. He notices I'm like testing out their left-handed pens and I'm writing with it. And, and then he, he goes over to my wife and she says something to the effect of, Oh no, I'm, I'm, I'm not left-handed. And the look he gave her was incredible. It was like, (laughs) almost like, what are you doing in here? Ah, oh, you're me. Ah, and she was ignored immediately, and we just thought that was hilarious. <laughs> oh like, my god! And he came and only dedicated this time to me. Anyways, lefties unite. <laughs> Good lord! Yeah. Uh, yeah so the Knicks. Nothing against left-handed people. Uh, Kirk Cobain's a legend. No, this is just because I don't like the Knicks. <laughs> it, it was right there. <laughs> and yeah, you know what? They've got Brunson, Barrett, and Randall. Three lefties in their starting lineup to go along with Evan Fournier. Uh, and Mitchell Robinson, their bench, ugh. Derek Rose, uh, Emmanuel quickly is actually coming along as a pretty nice, nice uh, prospect there. Sure. Um, Quinton, don't call me Frank Grimes. Uh, <laughs> Cam Reddish. It's grimy. <laughs> it's grimy. Uh, and uh, as mentioned, Hartenstein. So yeah, that's a team that's destined for the lottery again. Uh, <laughs> dare we ask Dre your thoughts on this team? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I don't even have anything to. Say. Okay, have this, have this. I'll, I'll save, I'll save the viewers, uh, Actually, the listeners, all your vitriol. Um, what uh, if? Yeah. Okay, maybe, maybe if you want to include it, the possibilities of them acquiring Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, that's so much more interesting because in we all know okay. that they're dog okay. shit. So what if? What if we actually look into this? Who would they trade? Um, is Donovan Mitchell left-handed? <laughs> Unfortunately not. Um, well, maybe they need to break something in this whole, you know, pattern that they have because like maybe you know, they do. And yeah. and the the package, the latest package I've heard is okay, they've been offering just like a, a poo-poo platter of their players um, <laughs> which obviously right. <laughs> yeah, which is essentially their whole <laughs> roster. But where it's finally started to get a little interesting is apparently Barrett is now on the table. So that makes things a little bit more Derek Rose. No, uh, Barrett. Oh, Bar- oh, RJ Barrett. Oh, so shoot. now, now okay. it becomes a little bit more interesting because now you have an actual name in there. Um, the, the the names that I'm hearing are 
Barrett and one of those guys from the bench, that being quickly Grimes or or maybe even Obi Toppin to attach to all of their draft picks. Um, would a Barrett Toppin first round draft pick heavy package with that if that ends up being enough for Mitchell, does that change the calculus for the Knicks? Yes. I feel like if Julius Randle's on a one and he's a two, I feel like he had a bit of a fluke year and did really well. And now he's on like the bad side of New York. If he was a two and Mitchell was the one, Mitchell needs a two. He can't operate alone. He cannot operate alone. I feel like that could be the ticket. I'm not, I'm going to get rid of all jokes and biases. That could be the ticket that actually gets them perhaps like a playoff run, maybe one round. That's it. But I feel like this could be like the start of good things. And we're not talking about the jazz, but RJ Barrett in Utah. I don't know. There's something there. That's kind of interesting. Just saying. Hmm. Jason, I, thoughts? I would, if RJ was on the table, I'd hang up the phone. RJ mm-hmm. is ultimately the, like the shine, the only shining thing right now about New York. About the that's true. and that's that's true. That's not like Canadian bias aside. Like RJ is really good. He's really good. But they so have to do something. You, they do a hundred percent. They do. That's why the deal hasn't gone through. But if mm. if it's just like RJ, if it's RJ and Obi, like if I was if I was New York, I'd be like hell's to the no. But they just gave Brunson four four years, one hundred four million. So I would like, <laughs> I, everything is on the table. I, I don't know, man. Like if they give up RJ Barrett, I swear, like some people are going to riot because I feel like honestly, the the best thing that they have right now is RJ Barrett. I really don't think that's. But a then good he gets idea. to fall in Jonathan, Utah and he gets out of New I York. I think Donovan agreed. I think Donovan Mitchell was fantastic. I do I do believe that he's not a complete number one. He definitely needs a solid core around him. I don't think a Brunson, Fournier, Randall Robinson is a solid core around him. So don't like if New York man, don't do it. <laughs> like like you're you're shit already, man. But just don't don't give up RJ Barrett. That's 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 on that's on. And you, in a surprising twist, uh, I think Dre is actually higher on the Knicks than I am because I think even with Mitchell, they're not making the playoffs. Uh, the the Mitchell Agreed. yeah the Mitchell Randall duo is not fantastic. Uh, Do you know I how many stacks are going to be thrown, man? Oh my gosh! <laughs> oh my and God! Like, and then we we think about Mitchell's role in Utah. I saw this incredible stat that like the Mitchell and and Gobert pick and roll was atrocious. Like this should be money in the bag every time because of Mitchell's ability to score from anywhere and Gobert's you know, elite rim running, um, whenever they did, oh, sorry, just in general, Mitchell averaged 2.3 passes per game, not assists, passes. Passes. So if we're looking at someone <laughs> who will share the rock, it's not Mitchell and it's not yes. Randall, who also is a ball hog of sorts. So like that is a match made in hell. And I, I for one, want to see it. Um, so in other words, that is a match made in heaven for for NBA fans. Just to watch yes. that burn, just yes. that would be fantastic to watch. That would be. Uh, we are. I think we're all down on the New York Kicks. So let's move on to finally the Toronto Raptors in the Atlantic Division. Last season, they finished fifth in the East, forty eight and thirty four record, eliminated in the first round of the playoffs by the Seventy Sixers. Uh, notable draft picks: Christian Coloco, second round, third pick of the second round. I think. I think the biggest storyline, obviously, is 
you know, with the Raptors getting out of the KD sweepstakes, this team is healthier. This team has more chemistry. This team is ready to be led by Pascal and Fred. And speaking about a uh, tasty pick and roll team that I don't know, uh, Jay and Dre, if you watch more of the uh, Rico Hines runs, but that Fred and Coloco uh, PNR. Ooh, ooh, that's There's tasty. chemistry. There's, There's chemistry, chemistry there. there. Uh, Jay, I, I don't know. You don't have to go too in depth, but you know, it's 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 kind of it's fun to look about this team. And I, I, I again, I think it it has to be some bias for sure. But is it just me, or does this team? I think this team can go up in the in the top dogs in the one to four four seed. Well, this is a team that was in 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 flux last year, right? Last year was the first year of the let's see what these guys have got year, right? This is the year where it was like, okay, we're, we're going to keep the core as is. We're not in Tampa anymore. Let's see what the Scotty Barnes kid has to offer and, and kind of go from there. So last year was the wait and see year. This is the, okay, uh, you've, you've shown us that you can play. Now let's start to build on this, right? And I think that's why you you saw almost unanimously amongst Raptors Twitter no, we will not part with Scotty Barnes if it meant getting KD. Yeah. That's how important he is to this, right? And we talk about and we think about who is in and who's out on this team. Nothing really big, right? Um, yes, the, the Raptors shored up their wing depth by by adding another person to their vision six eight, six nine by adding Otto Porter Jr. and Bo Cruz, aka Juancho Hernan Gomez. Um, one thing to note here, um, Christian Coloco is still not signed. He's like the last player in the entire draft to not be signed yet. Um, the the growing, I guess, sentiment was that he wasn't signed in order to leave the Raptors some wiggle room should a deal for Kevin Durant pop up. Obviously, that's not the case. So now you're wondering, okay, now that that's all done, why has he still not signed? My theory is that if they signed him like the day after Katie said he's staying in Brooklyn then it's obvious mm -hmm. that he was being held on for the KD deal. Mm -hmm. I think Masai is just playing a bit coy here. He's going to wait it out a couple of days. There is going to be a sign. Coloco will be there. Um, he's not mm -hmm. going to be starting or anything like that. I think we need to temper our excitement for Coloco, but um, he's going to get some run with this team probably later on in the season. He's going to see a lot of time in the G League, um, but there is reason for excitement. Uh, you know, I already mentioned the fact that this is a team that was kind of in a wait and see last year, and they still got 48 wins out of that. So chalk me up as a, t as a guy who says that they're going to win 50 or more this year. Um, I, I guess I don't know where to start with the questions on this, this team, but like, I think I would start with the one that we thought about a lot last year. Um, and Dre, I'll start off with you here. The, the projected starting lineup, uh, Van Vliet, Trent Jr., Anunoby, Barnes, Siakam, is exactly the same as last year. But my question to you is, is it time to move Achua up to the starting lineup and demote Gary Trent to the bench. I don't know why it has to be exclusive. Why can't they play with multiple lineups depending yeah. on who they face? Yeah. That's, that's honestly that's that's what nurse does. Yeah. That's mm -hmm. honestly where I see it. Yeah, I agree. So it's like a rotating based off matchup. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. So, you know, in terms of how I feel about this team from last year as opposed to this year, I feel like it's exactly the same as Philadelphia, where not much has changed. I still think this is a very strong core team. And I feel like uh, the only thing that might change is how far we go in the playoffs. I feel like last year was just one of those things 
it was just one of those things. I don't think we did poorly in the first round when we did because we were necessarily bad. I think it was just one of those things. We had injury. We had, we just, yeah, it's just fate. I feel like the more that this team gels, the stronger that Scotty Barnes gets because we have certainly not seen his ceiling. Uh, the stronger Siakam gets because let's not forget that towards the end of last season, he was actually really good and actually a part of the uh, the third All-NBA team. And I feel like he's on route to being another All-Star season for him. Um, 100%, Scotty yeah. Barnes might even be on route to an All-Star season. Maybe not Van Vliet because I don't think they're going to have three Raptors, but you never know. I feel like I feel good about this. And, you know, the 50 wins being projected, seriously, I think the only thing that might determine that is, or like our standing, let's say, is whether Project Brooklyn actually works or not. Um, I feel like we could be like a top four, top three, seriously. Seriously. And I'm not just saying that yeah. because of the bias. How we're going to do it in the playoffs, that's a different question. But I feel like we're going to have a killer season team. Seriously. I think, okay, here's my question. And I think a lot of uh, Raptors fans have the same thought is how bad do we have to start the season where we ultimately think, okay, um, trade deadlines coming up is something is a move going to happen in a trade deadline. And if so, who do you think is the first out? Only if we're playing really poorly. Right. And if we do play really poorly, and I think that I don't, yeah, I, I do think that a trade will happen. But if so, if that does happen, who do you think is going to be, is is the first one out? Uh, the most likely, my guess would be Gary Trent Jr. Next year, he has a player option. Um, and if he is, uh, I, I get the feeling that he's going to want more than what he's getting right now, right? The Raptors got him on a fairly good deal, 17 and a half this year. 18.8 next year if he performs anything close to what he was last year he's definitely worth he's going to ask for something in the 20 plus range yeah and if that's the case and the raptors uh you know he's the most expendable one is what i'm getting at here right because mm-hmm. they're, they're the raptors are going to have to make some decisions on you know extension to siakam and ben bleed and and uh, Scotty Barnes's post rookie contract. So, in terms of who's the most expendable, it would have to be Gary Trent Jr. And I think if things kind of go sideways this season, expect his name to pop up a lot. Um, and again, depending on who ends up being available, right? Because as we all know, there's always a superstar who is available. You might end up hearing these same names that we were popping around this time around, right? The the OG and Gary Trent for KD type of deals, but that's only if a superstar becomes available. I would imagine um, it more likely than not, it's it's Gary Trent Jr.'s name that'll be popping up the most at the trade deadline. Should the Raptors uh, underperform, you know, up until like December January, I I agree with that mainly because I think it Shuwood does deserve to be in the starting lineup. So if we are going to shore up something in the bench, uh, as much as I don't like. Fred probably can't do all the three-point shooting, um, and that's why if Siakam can bring up his three-point shooting percentage, also Barnes, uh, and you put the Chua in there to kind of get that center position, you know, short up a little bit, I think Gary Trent Jr. might be the most expendable person if you're going to get something out of it. And it could be draft picks, it could be just something showing up in the in the bench, but regardless, if if knock on wood, the Raptors don't play well in the beginning of the season. I think something's going to happen because this is no longer a wait and see. 
right? The first the first year of this of last year was more of like, all right, let's see what happens, right? The first year after the Tampa, first year of no Kyle Lowry. Let's just see what happens, and and you know, and I think that it they kind of blew everybody uh, expectations out of the water, right? Now it's like, okay, you're not surprising anybody anymore. Siakam is third All NBA. Uh, Barnes is arguably an All Star, and Van Vliet is an All Star, and like this is uh, this is no longer a let's wait and see. So if something doesn't, if something goes awry, I think Jay, I also think Gary Trent is yeah. out the door. Uh, any last thoughts with the Atlantic Division? Uh, should we rank them just off the top of tops of our heads? Yeah, we can do that. Sure. Um, Dre, you want to go first when it comes to Atlantic divisions? Sure. Okay. I'm going to say Boston first. This is where it gets a little tricky. Um, for now, I'll give Philly the upper hand. So second Raptors third, bit of a drop off from this point on uh <laughs> um brooklyn fourth and then right at the bottom of the barrel is 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 new york Knicks fifth but i will say that the top three outside of milwaukee i feel like that's gonna be like the majority of the top four top five in the east seriously the, the our yeah. division is pretty stacked this year yeah it's true uh, so that's actually exactly the standings of from last year too. Oh, Boston, Philly, Toronto, Brooklyn, New York. Uh, Jay, what about you? Do you think it's going to stay the same? Uh, I think stay the same in terms of Boston at the top. In the middle, I have all three together. So Brooklyn, and then <laughs> New York. So nice. I, I, I just can't pick between those three. I will when it comes to season preview time. Um, but yeah, like I said, I'm a little bit higher on Brooklyn, which kind of brings them up to the level of Toronto and Philly. And yeah, um, I'm also obviously very high on Toronto, right? So I have them all come together. Brookdelphia, mm-hmm. Toronto, whatever. <laughs> uh, I also kind of have it the same, but I think I might swap Brooklyn and Toronto, but it's not by a lot. Like I, I feel like uh, that this Atlanta division, Boston, Philly, probably going to get 50, 50, to win season i think brooklyn and, and toronto might get up to the 49 50 win season two new york sorry guys you can you can uh, you know deal with donovan mitchell or whatever um i appreciate you guys we'll we'll keep doing these the division previews but for now uh trey do you have a weekly recommend i know it's been some time since we had a weekly recommend but do you have one uh for us either a movie a some music or or what have you anything you got on mind Absolutely. So, uh, which one of the Pinocchios is, is my question? <laughs> okay. If I, have, if I have to, if I have to pick one, I'm going with Del Toro. I mean, he's my okay, guy. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Pan's 100%. Labyrinth is, is a masterpiece. If you haven't seen it anyway, that's not my weekly recommendation. My weekly recommendation is, um, the HBO series, the rehearsal by one Canadian, Nathan Fielder. So Nathan Fielder is a comedian writer, uh, awkward, social satirist uh he had a previous show which i adore called nathan for you where he goes to these uh struggling businesses and has harebrained awful ideas to try and make them better including a car wash that um was struggling so he staged a bunch of birds in a tree to shit on the cars as they drove by so they would have to get a car wash that's not even an exaggeration that's an actual episode nonetheless the rehearsal is something a lot more a lot less silly and a lot more beautiful um a really touching, incredible concept where he basically 
views life as a series of commands and practices for big events. So let's say there's a big confrontation or you want to try something. He basically stages events for you so you could practice with actors in a closed set before you actually face people with reality. Um, and the experiment gets completely out of control in such a, a brilliant way. So the rehearsal by Nathan Fielder is one of my favorite shows of the year, actually. I can't recommend it enough. Very interesting. I like that. Uh, Jay, what about you, man? Oh, last week you asked me uh, to remind you that you had a weekly recommend because of Dre. Oh, now I remember. Yes, I do. So my weekly recommend is not, I don't think it fits in the category of a weekly recommend, but since you're on this show and since we haven't had all three of us on in a long time, uh, excuse my rice cooker, um, <laughs> it is... Uh, to go visit Vancouver at some yeah. point, you got to do it. Uh, I don't know if, when you can, you faithful listener, you, but make it out to Vancouver if you haven't already. I know that uh, Dre was there a couple months ago. I was there last month. Uh, friend of the pod, Sean Woodley, spent his honeymoon there. Like, it is a beautiful nice. place. You got to go. Lots to see there, whether you have kids, whether you don't have kids. Uh, I, I think. It's it's just beautiful. I, I don't I don't have any, I don't have word to describe how amazing that place is. Um, yeah. Definitely recommend. I still like reminisce on my time there. You know, seeing mountains everywhere. Um, an abnormal amount of crows, which I didn't expect, but hey, I yeah, also. yeah. <laughs> um, breathable air. Those uh, flashing green <laughs> lights where you can like just keep driving through because they're not going to turn red until a, a button is pressed. Like just so much cool stuff that we just don't have over here. Okay, we have crows, but just not as many. Um, yeah, the crows were, were out of this world. Uh, oh yeah, no, way too many. But like in all seriousness, like the uh, the seafood cuisine, especially the sushi, was just godly over there. Just yeah, I miss it. I miss it every day. I would love to go back. And as someone who's who's lived my whole life in Toronto, it was really weird to see like genuine respect between drivers and cyclists <laughs> yeah. uh, well, they, over they there actually they treat have a lot more seriously <laughs> yeah uh you know much more invent environmentally friendly uh city than we are um but yeah that's a shout out to vancouver uh that's my weekly Love recommend it. uh I, i've yet i've yet to get there uh we were thinking about going this year but with uh with christine almost almost ready to Almost ready about to pop, really. I don't think we can go anytime soon. Maybe with the with the new baby. But um, my weekly recommend is a Netflix uh, series called Love, Death, and Robots. I'm oh, not yeah. too sure if you know what that is. Yeah. Uh, there, for for me, I honestly don't really have too much time to like consume a lot of uh, shows. Like shows now are probably like an hour long or. Or, you know, if, if you're watching Game of Thrones, like an hour and a half long, like you can't really keep up right now. But like Love, Death and Robots are just like 12, 10 minute, like yep. of weird, strange like shows. And it could be like stop motion. It could be CGI. It could be real. It could be about robots. It's like it's literally just about love, death and robots. They're all just like randomness. And it's something that my cousin and I used to watch uh, together in the, in the first volumes. And now we just like kind of bond over that. So 
that's that's my weekly recommend if you haven't watched it don't watch it with your kids i'll just put it that way <laughs> don't, don't do that don't do that uh but if you if you need just like a 15 minute like consumption of just some weird stuff that will, will lock you in and not think about anything else uh that's a that's a good show to watch okay but uh next i'm not too sure when we're going to record next i know we got a couple of things going on uh but if we do we will go on to the next division and all the way into the beginning of the season but until then jay and dre it's always good to talk to you guys that's a wrap <laughs>